Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns, the podcast where three film fans discuss an intellectual property and then pitch their own ideas for sequels to that property. In this week's show, we're continuing our Alien season by looking at the Alien vs. Predator duology, perhaps the two most miserable films we've ever covered, involving the famous Xenomorph coming to Earth and doing battle with the Predator creature from that other sci-fi 20th century Fox film series. First, in an ancient pyramid deep beneath the surface of Antarctica and then in a small Colorado town. There's obviously a lot of negative things to say about these movies, but we honestly do find a couple of things worth praising in the first one at least, but if bitching about bad movies is what you like best from us, then well, you're in for a good one today. The following podcast contains spoilers for Alien vs. Predator, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, Prometheus, Batman vs. Aliens, and Skyline. Enjoy! Hello! Welcome to the show. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Uh, I'm Calvin, and with me are, um, well, everyone's favourite gringo, Sol. <laughs> That's racist. Muchas gracias, Calvin. I looked up if it was racist beforehand, and apparently it isn't. It's, well, it's because uh, it's aimed at white people, so it's, it can't be racist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's what Mexican people call whites. Oh... Oh, never mind then. Uh, well, and that that and uh, and there's there's Alan as well. Say hi, Alan. Hello. <laughs> right. Great. Um. So, uh, following on from our discussion about the proper Alien films last week, where whoa, 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 that's a that's a leading leading <laughs> intro. Are you? But fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, so would you really say that these are part of the the continuity? Yeah, man, Alien versus Predator that that should be there on the timeline with uh, all the the real film. Oh shit, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I hate them. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Huh, okay. Just wipe them from the face of the earth, like the. Uh, <laughs> Like the nuclear explosion at the end of the second one. Oh, we'll get there. But uh, we we talked. We fawned a lot last week. We're all big Alien fans, and I'm. I think I'm right in assuming that none of us especially like these films. But I will probably be the defender of Alien versus Predator, the first one, uh, to an extent. <laughs> your uh, Paul W. S. Anderson connections coming out. I love him. <laughs> I think he's your cousin or something, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> It may I'm... be worth uh, going back and listening to our Resident Evil episode to <laughs> set the tone for this one, if you haven't already heard it. Yeah, because uh, Alien vs. Predator, for those who don't know, was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, whose um, brainchild, I guess, was the Resident <laughs> Evil film series. And on the back of Resident <laughs> Evil being successful, he somehow got <laughs> got to do Alien vs. Predator, which is his dream. Like, I watched a load of, like, I mean, seriously, there's too too many hours worth of bonus materials on this DVD, but I watched quite a few of them, and um, Paul W. Sanderson, like, had this idea, like, years 
previously, like ten years previously, it was like something that he's wanted I, uh, to do for so long. I have a quick question. Right. Yeah. Um, what what accent does Paul W S Anderson have? He's from Newcastle, isn't he? He is from Newcastle, but he talks a bit sort of northern and nerdy, like oh, <laughs> okay, and and all the aliens like go over the temple, and it's it's really great. He's he's got no enthusiasm to him, bless him. Um, but it, okay. how do how do you like end up with? I'm trying to think of like the studio executive mentality that put this man at the helm because I mean we we might have disagreed on the quality of some of the other alien movies, but I mean each one had a director who they had a vision. As some of them, even though the studio interfered, uh, and, and the prophylic directors, each one was went on to be hugely successful. And um, yeah, I mean uh, David Fincher had only done commercials and music videos at that point. I don't know if he'd ever done a feature film before. Um, I suppose he certainly so. hadn't done a lot of them if he had. But... I suppose they all sort of found fame later on. Like even Ridley Scott had only done like one film before and I think James Cameron had just mm. done Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, there I, you go. They, I guess they there plucked is a, Paul yeah. W.S. Anderson fresh off of uh, Resident Evil. Yeah. They, they, someone saw potential in him for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, bear in mind, he had also directed a few other films like Event Horizon. Um, oh, I forget that. Mortal Kombat he did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and things like that so he'd done I guess he'd got action credits behind his name you know yeah I suppose yeah yeah. and you know you can't deny the guy's an alien fan he knows the franchise Mm. inside out and Mm. that probably came through in his when he had meetings and you know they want someone with passion behind it maybe you know I'm not even I'm not even convinced that you want alien fans behind the camera for this franchise anymore. I think it would probably benefit from just bringing in, like, J.J. Abrams or someone who doesn't give a shit to to just kind of make a really corporate, like, well-thought-through film just to get everything back on track. Mm. Well, Mm. I mean... I don't think there's a problem with having a fan behind it as long as they've also got some semblance of talent. (laughs) Yeah... (laughs) Maybe. How, how are we approaching this? Do you just want to start listing off the complaints, or, or <laughs> what are we do? well, uh, let me let me just throw a, a, a cat amongst the pigeons here, then, because basically my response to Alien vs Predator was wasn't that bad. Um, it was it was not good. Don't get me wrong, but it was not as bad as I was expecting. I just come off the Resident Evil films. Um, and you, you'd seen it before, right, Alan? Yeah, yeah, I have. And it was sort of fairly watchable, and it kind of oh, it does God, everything. It, no. It's it's like it has all the ingredients, but there's just no one there to put them together. Mm. And I think that's the problem with it. But there's kind of enough things there that I go right. This has been made by someone who's seen films, understands how they work. <laughs> But hasn't been able to make it actually work. It's like if you gave me all the ingredients for a chocolate cake, and I could look at a chocolate cake, but I wouldn't necessarily be able to put those ingredients together because I don't know how to bake. Mm. I'm with you on this one, Alan. Like I, I haven't seen it in many years, but I, I watched it a few times. I think I might have even seen it at the cinema. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I thought it was perfectly passable as an hour and a <sighs> half bit of entertainment. Well... I don't know if I'd quite go that far, but I, it, it, basically my <laughs> expectations were so low that I kind of came out of it going, oh, it's, uh, it's better than Resident mm. Evil. 
Okay, well, I guess I'm I'm gonna be the hater role in this one then, because I think this film is a complete and utter abomination. I think it, I think it's arguably worse than Resident Evil in that Ooh. it takes two beloved franchises and <laughs> runs them into the ground this time. Is the Predator um, franchise really that beloved? Like, we're not gonna talk too much about Predator. We're gonna save that. Right, for we'll a we'll do a Predator episode. Test, but... Like, that's a given. We're gonna get there at some point. But yeah. Not to spoil anything, I, I quite like the Predator films, and oh, okay. in terms of consistency throughout the franchise, I would say it's probably better than Alien, to be honest. Ooh! Um, oh oh my, my god! Come on! No I mean, Predator, Predator is good. Predator 2 is I like easily Predator as 2. bad I'm, as I'm Alien versus Predator. I would oh, say... Oh, well, no, come mm, on. Okay, no, maybe not. It's because it's... Perhaps not just because it's got a bit more of a kind of quirky 80s charm that we kind of accept yeah. this Pre- Predator 2 absurdity. is a cheesy, cheesy yeah. 80s or 90s, whenever it was, action movie. It's not great, but it's good fun. I don't dislike it, but we're, we're getting very, very ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting like a year ahead of ourselves. Because um, I, I count these as more Predator movies than Alien movies. If I were to sort of like, really? you know, line up my DVDs mm. in franchise well, order, these would go with Predator. Well, if I if I was going to line them up, I'd, uh, I'd have to have like Alien and Predator next to each other with these as like the... The, the gap, the dam between the two. <laughs> I think I except except I wouldn't have these on my shelf. I'd uh, yeah. I think I'd, I'd have to have um, a bowl of human feces uh, and then just stack them next to that. <laughs> no, I I definitely think this is an alien film with predators in it because it, mm. the first one is definitely because. Yeah. It is just an alien fanboy, you know, recreation of Alien. It's it's mm. definitely an alien film, and then the predators just sort of come in. Mm. Shall I shall yeah. I start with some? Um, shall I start with a positive before I lay Ooh, into it? Yes, please. <laughs> um, is it the color? special effects are pretty good? <laughs> <laughs> like the the alien creature work is perhaps the best in the franchise. Mm. The in terms of you know the 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 well I guess it's mostly CGI but I assume there's some puppets and things in there mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's it's it all looks pretty good the the creatures you know you you were sort of dismissing a lot of the creature work in Aliens and what have you in our previous episode but I I think this one really does a good job with it mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I agree with yeah. yeah. And that's about the extent of what I can say in its favour. <laughs> All right, so um, do, do we do we go down the logic <clears throat> hole here? Because I oh, I, I have a lot so, of logic questions. Oh, never get out. Why is there a pyramid in Antarctica? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an ancient. Isn't it something where they say they say Antarctica used to be like a desert, however many years ago, and I, I think. I think there's a very loose, poorly understood link to real science there. Like, I think <laughs> the climate of Antarctica was very different, but I don't think it was at a time that lines up with human, human civilization. Bi- like, civilization. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay, well... Can I just get the one that, that angers me the most out okay, off my yeah. chest? Because it's going to be distracting me if not and like <laughs> I, I cannot I, this for me sums up how 
beyond stupid this film is. Just the the level of brain dead. Like j- just uh, like I can't, <laughs> I can't even I can't express it. I don't know how this got through to the finished film, right. but the bit when so the temple moves every ten minutes. Yeah. Right. And it all moves and shifts around. Like well, that's, that's not the bit that annoys you. <laughs> okay. No, no. The thing that annoys me is that they the guy says, "Oh, well, um, they they must be running on metric time. That means it's every ten minutes." And then that's, that seems to be correct. Now, now, like metric time, a minute would be. 10 seconds long or 100 seconds long or it would be <laughs> a division of the entire day like a, a hundredth of the day with an hour being a tenth of the day like a, yeah. a, a minute would not be 60 seconds long and their concept of a second wouldn't why would that link up with what we think of as being a second like what yeah. <laughs> what fucking brain dead idiot thought that was just acceptable and then well, and then they're right, and it does move every ten minutes, <laughs> the and they use of, it in the film. The beauty of that nonsense is that it—it's the culmination of a lot of other nonsense that I hate. Like, for example, we we, we discussed this last week, but stones moving magically with no kind of power source, and like these ancient ruins that just move, like in bloody uh, Indiana Jones or something. And then also. Um, I love it when people just read like ancient language hieroglyphics as if they're doing a French GCSE textbook. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, I think that means yeah. Oh yeah, it's something about their gods and they created civilization. <laughs> no, they've just got the whole picture. There's another big one tying into the time. They they set the clock on that sarcophagus thing to ten uh, ten because they're dealing with metric time. So tenth of October. Look, why the <laughs> fuck would this Aztec? <laughs> Technology or whatever it is, sync up with the Gregorian calendar that wasn't <laughs> developed until centuries later. Like, what? seriously, like, what? What? Like, who was it? Paul W. S. Anderson who wrote this film? Yes, of course. Well, there we go. But, but I don't know how. Like, not a single producer, no one at Fox, no one read it and said, "Oh, come on, like, let's, just let's reword this." I just, none of the actors on set. Like, the actor <laughs> saying the words didn't read it and go, oh, Paul, um, I've just had a thought, actually. This this would uh, make more sense if it was, you know... I, uh, it baffles me. It boggles the mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Another good thing. Lance Henriksen's back. We all liked him, didn't we? Oh, in- so... Lance Henriksen is bishop in this, so that yes. means the bishop in Alien 3 was definitely an android, uh, which we were discussing last week. Oh, but I don't think Paul W.S. Anderson likes the third and fourth Alien films. He seems to not really include them in the continuity that he rewrote. Well, that's good but... for him, but they exist, so... <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, so he's, he's like... this is a prequel anyway, isn't it? I mean... There's a dispute in Alien 3 if Bishop is uh, an android or if he's the real Bishop on which the android is based. This is set yeah. hundreds of years previously, so that means if this is Bishop. And and also, Bishop is now Wayland. Is that is that part of the story as well? It, uh, the, I, I think the producer or someone described it as it's like the equivalent of hundreds of years from now, Microsoft is still around and people develop an android that looks like Bill Gates just because... <laughs> 
I could know. totally see that happening with Steve Jobs. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I could see that being the next big thing, like when Apple bring out a, a an I Butler or whatever. <laughs> It'll just be Steve Jobs. But but then it would have to be a really cantankerous like robot that if you ask it to do anything, it just kind of starts shouting at you and getting angry and <laughs> stabbing you in the back. I want mine to be Steve Jobs as played by Michael Fassbender. <laughs> oh yeah. I want I want it to be Steve Jobs as played by Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> So, the, uh, can we talk a little bit about the cast? Uh, Lance Henriksen is Ooh, obviously yeah. the only familiar face coming back, but um, Colin Salmon is here. He was in Resident Evil. Uh, what's what's going on with Colin Salmon and, and Paul W.S. Anderson? Are they in some sort of relationship? Colin Salmon seems to do him a lot of favours. Well, I think Colin Salmon has a lot more um, praise for Paul W.S. Anderson's work than anyone else. Like Again, in the behind-the-scenes stuff, the, the interviewer says to him, what attracted you to this script? And he honestly, without no tongue-in-cheek, his response was, well, to be honest, it was the depth of the story, the script, that attracted me to the project. And it's he like, meant literally, he meant because they go under the ground. <laughs> uh, so I think, yeah, I think they're just good mates. But yeah, I just want to say, positive note, uh, the casting of Ewan Bremner in the film. Oh, um, I knew is... you were going to love him. Well, it's not It's not even that I love him, necessarily. I just think that, on paper, putting him in the world of Alien makes so much sense. Um, he's, he's the right sort of guy to encompass that sort of you know, working class, gritty, British yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, element that the other films have had a lot of. So I, I just think, like I say, on paper, he made a lot of sense. He's the only one I... in the crew who doesn't look like a movie star, which I like. Yeah. like he looks like <laughs> yeah. a, a normal person. Yeah. And he's and Ewan Bremner is a great actor. We've seen it. It's proven. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in this, he's not bad. Um, in fact, mm. none of the actors particularly come out with this like, oh god, that was just shit acting. But it oh, also feels I don't know. No, okay. leading but lady. it also feels they get away with it a lot more I than think, in the Resident perhaps. Evil films, for example. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, perhaps just lacking direction. So you get an actor, give them a script, and they'll interpret it. But they, you need someone to, you know, guide them and make sure that it's going well. Mm. I think. Uh, yeah, I just think like the likes of you and Bremner are just completely wasted here. But the the main uh, the star of the movie is I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Sana Latham, Sana mm-hmm. something. She was a voice on the Cleveland Show, I understand. <laughs> uh, so she's, but she's yeah, supposed she's... to be our new Ripley, isn't she? Um, mm. How do you feel about her? She wasn't. I didn't. She, I didn't think she was terrible or anything. Yeah, just she was okay. She was just. I mean, she was just like any of the cast in the film for me, to be honest. Like. Mm. I mean, I think I the, the all, character was hamstrung because but... we we established it's long established. Paul W. S. Anderson cannot write, and so <laughs> every character every character is has no depth. Every bit of dialogue feels like it's written by someone who's never had a conversation with a human. So, so what happens? Is it? <laughs> I can't remember. Are they? No, I can't remember what happens in this film. <laughs> well, so, so they they um, they find. I know that the, some... the woman the woman is like she's asked to be a guide, and she's uh, she's like, 
well, no, it's ridiculous. They need training or they're all going to die. And yes. then they go, all right, cheers anyway. And then she <laughs> decides to go. That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's some kind of satellite picks up something in Antarctica and um, Wayland discovers that there's a pyramid underneath all the ice and he's dying and he wants to have like one last adventure or something. So he gets all these people together, putting them in great danger, I might add, to say that this is just a lark for him. Um, and what does he think he's going to find there? I can't remember. Well, he's dying, no, isn't he? So is he? Yeah, but why, why does he think the secret to eternal life? No, that's Prometheus. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he might he might be into that from a young age. It might have been something that you know. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, leaked his mind for years. Anyway, decades. of course, it turns out that predators taught us how to build pyramids, and, and they let's do not skip like, over. Uh? That there's a load of shitty CGI maps, just like in Resident Evil, for them to there look is. through. He loves those shitty little. Well, how CGI else are you gonna maps? get you know get a sense of the geography of the place? Well, you know, the... did you get a sense of the geography of the place? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know what this film does in it, it, like as a substitute for characterization, it just gives them an accent. <laughs> so. It, it's like it's like right. This one's Italian. This one's Mamma English. Th- um, this one's Scottish. I think he actually that, says that's, Mamma Mia. That's what the Resident point, Evil films do as well. <laughs> aren't there like? I'm I'm trying to remember now. Like, aren't there a load of security guys who are really kind of aggressive for no apparent reason? Yeah, I mean, we we, we get like about um, ten seconds worth of characterization from everyone in this crew, and I think they're the tough guys. There's this woman with short hair, um, Rousseau. Uh, mm-hmm. who has, like, two lines and then gets a face hugger on her and Alien pops out of her, so it's... Yeah. I, I think we, we just get introduced to all these different characters in these incredibly short bursts because Paul W.S. Anderson can't invest an audience in anything. But this is this is a, a scientific uh, exploration, really. So why have they got all the guns? <sighs> Do they? Uh, do they know that there's going to be aliens and predators? I really can't remember. No. But I, do, I mean, so. I haven't, I, I haven't been to many Antarctic to... science bases. But are they well armed? Just in case. Uh, I would guess. I don't know. A lot of penguins not. come out or something. I think they've usually got a flamethrower in there if the things taught us anything. <laughs> Which you you could justify because they might need to like melt their way out of some ice. Can we talk about the fighting now between the alien and the predator? Yeah, the I, I, I want to say that is that is like this film should not be anything worse than kind of mediocre because in theory you should just be able to watch Alien and Predator fighting and that should be kind of fun, kind mm-hmm. of cool, even if mm. the story doesn't hold up. But Paul W S Anderson is so incompetent. <laughs> that the action sequences are just so shit. Like this that you can't see anything. It's it's that classic thing of shaky camera work yeah. that's so close to what's going on in a dark room. You just I you mean, can't I, it, it's just a blur of grey. You can never see anything. I kinda disagree. Like I, I, I have a better really? I have a better understanding of what's happening in these action scenes than in the next film, but we'll get onto that mm, later, I, I suppose. I, I wouldn't yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. use that as a bar for <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> I, I thought 
the fighting was pretty good. It takes a while to get there. I think it's about like halfway through the film when they finally have that shot of the alien lifting the predator up to it, and then. But then it goes it into like. But then it goes into like shitty slow motion when like the predator's like swinging the alien around and. He loves and it's, slow it's motion. When he when he cuts the alien's tail off, it goes slow motion. But I don't I don't think it's actually slow motion. I think he's just moving really slowly. But then it like <laughs> cuts right through as if it was really quick. And then hmm. and then it's like it's so in- inconsistent as well. The amount of times they like cut an alien's head off or something, and there's there should be a big spray of acid blood all yeah. over them. That's the whole oh yeah thing the inconsistency with the acid blood is really annoying. But like it just it, it whenever it suits the film, there's nothing like to be done. Like the acid blood doesn't even pff, factor into it. it oh, mm. like this is the problem I have with this film is that the action should be enough to make me kind of think, oh well, I, I can sit through it. But I think it's really badly crafted action from a technical standpoint. There's no mm. wide shots. The there's no. It's just quick cuts. It's it's a it's a a um a crutch for bad directing is just quick edits. There's a there's a gif I I retweeted uh, recently from Taken Three, which is a fourteen cut sequence of Liam Neeson jumping over a fence, and it's laughable. <laughs> but but it's because there's nothing interesting there. He's jumping over a fence, so they just cut from like a close up of his face to his legs to the wide shot to the other side of the fence to you know, the other side of the fence to him going up. It's it's ridiculous. And that's basically what this film's doing. And and a good action director has faith in the, in the choreography they've come up with. They'll have some wide shots. They'll let you see what the characters are doing. I don't know. I just, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, just to try and give something back here, it's, uh, I think the story, the setup, is an okay concept that, you know, the predators are breeding the aliens to hunt them for sport. Yeah. And they're kind of... I don't really get the whole they're involved in helping human civilization thing. I'm not sure if that really stands up to any scrutiny. Mm. And then they destroy it at the slightest provocation. Um, (laughs) But I think the setup is okay. And then they're all trapped in this small space with the humans just get caught up in the crossfire. And it's like, that could work, couldn't it? Yeah. but then you could certainly make a really solid like horror movie out of it, even if you're not yeah, kind of getting into the more lofty sci-fi elements yeah. that some of the alien films give you. But um, then the, the, I suppose the that's almost is... why Calvin feels like it's more of the Predator franchise, uh, perhaps because it it kind of is just disposable action fun. Um, yeah, in the way yeah, completely. Predator is. I, I've never, I, I would never describe Predator as a horror film. Certainly, it's just sci-fi action. I don't. There's anything scary about it, uh, mm. and there's nothing scary in this film. Yeah, but I, I, my, I, my point was that it could have been a good horror film. Mm, oh right, yeah. In the right hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the human characters are complete failures. We, we, we have no connection to them whatsoever. So none of that works. But then the the predators versus the aliens. It's like you can't really get any good character out of them either. Mm, and particularly yeah. that, that main predator that lives. We kind of see a little bit of what he's doing. But it's so difficult. Even for a good director, it would be difficult to get decent character out of that. 
And mm. obviously Paul W. Sanderson can't get it out of a human, so he's not going to get it out of someone that can't talk. <laughs> so I think that's kind of a, a bit of a, a crucial flaw in the whole setup, really. Mm. Um, because it's also, alien versus predator, but you need to make it about humans, and so it's really difficult. So it's like a it's like a coming of age hunting ground, isn't it? This thing. Yeah. But the predators still keep coming there, even after the civilization that was maintaining it is long dead, and that—I mean—that's a bit weird. But then also, the, the, this whole thing of they—they they mustn't reach the surface, and and they're really like genuine concern about aliens getting to the surface. Yeah, because well, they could then why would that swim the two thousand miles with... to uh, the nearest <laughs> land? Yeah, but also <laughs> this has clearly happened before. Like, and then aliens <laughs> never got to the surface before. This thing's thousands of years old, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, they why... go every hundred years. Yeah, so why would it suddenly be a problem? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, yeah. it annoyed me that that guy kept calling the xenomorphs serpents. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Like, they don't... Serpents? <laughs> they don't look like a snake. Yeah... <laughs> That was just, it just felt like such a crowbarred in. You know, like when you watch modern zombie movies and and The Walking Dead's particularly prone to this as well, the TV series, because each new clan has a different, you know, name for the zombies and none of them want to call them zombies because it's set in a world without them. So they have to mm. go, oh, it looks like some sort of walkie dead man. Oh, <laughs> there's a hundred walkie dead men out there. Oh, it's some sort of lumber corpse. But but you get all these names like biters and and shufflers and it's like fuck off. Just you wouldn't say that. You'd say you'd say it's a monster or it's an alien or yeah. Like yeah. you wouldn't go to serpent. That doesn't make any sense. You know what else is stupid is um, the way they crowbar the line. You're one ugly mother. But they can't <laughs> even say it. Oh <laughs> yes, because this PG-13. was PG thirteen. Yes, but they, which, they, which they I really. It. I really felt watching it sort of in close proximity with the alien films where yeah. blood is everywhere and you really yeah. do feel that this one's being held back. Yeah. And and they crowbar that line in twice. <laughs> Doesn't work once. It's <laughs> just so badly done. Do they do a get away from her you bitch? I can't remember. <laughs> no, I, I don't think, think so. they do actually. Huh. That's surprising. Yeah. I'm surprised Paul W. Anderson didn't find a way of putting some little girl in with them all and he seems to love <laughs> doing that in Resident yeah. Evil that's pretty much all I have to say about the first one really I, I hate it <laughs> I'm ready to leave it behind do you reckon we could start some beef with Paul W.S. Anderson oh no leave him alone well no it's just we're making stuff up about other us. people but we've got like genuine <laughs> problems with Paul W.S. Anderson <laughs> so maybe the sincerity of it will get us somewhere do you think he's a nice person no. No. <laughs> I bet it's difficult to get through a conversation with him. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't know how humans speak, so I think it's... Uh... Uh, interesting, though, that... I don't know, maybe he wasn't asked back? Or I don't quite know why, but he didn't come back for the sequel or have any involvement in it. Oh, well, Alien vs. Predator, yeah. Yeah, Requiem. Alien, yeah, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. It's, I mean, it's not connected is to it aliens the other film. It's, it's, it's aliens. No, it's, it's, it's AVPR colon aliens versus predator hyphen requiem. No. 
Yes. Can we can we just I've have a quick word? <clears throat> can we just have a, a quick uh, comment about the word requiem? Um, <laughs> apparently, it gets thrown about with abandon. Right? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what it is? Do you know what it means? No, I have no idea. Well, a, a requiem. It's a Catholic thing. It's a mass for the dead, basically. But then, in a more general sense, it just means you know a memorial, or like or some kind of you know tribute to the dead. But huh. th- this, I don't know how the word requiem is relevant to this film. In any way, it's not. I mean, people die in it, but it's not a memorial to them. I don't. I don't even know what it's supposed. I don't know what it thinks it means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any ideas? It's, it's not like it's a catchy name that rolls off the tongue either. You know, it, I could understand if it was just a cool word. I could understand the impulse to throw it in there, but. Hmm. I, I wonder if they know. were just until the like the last minute going to call it just aliens versus predator, and then someone might have, you know, some marketing person might have pointed out that people would be just thinking you've just done the same film again or something. <laughs> Surely um, they could do aliens versus predators, ah, or something, or just just AVP two or something. I mean, I mean, there there is more predators in this in both films. Yeah. There's more than one. It's, yeah. There's, there's loads of aliens in the first one, so it's weird that they make the jump from Alien versus Predator to Aliens versus Predator. Versus yeah. Predator. Mm. Can I, can the I Brothers Strauss. What the... <laughs> <laughs> because I just want to say, like, I mean, you know, say what you will about Paul W.S. Anderson, he has at least watched the Alien film. <laughs> yeah. um, this, whoever made this, appears to have never seen them or the... Predator films, or even a film. P- perhaps we're shown a picture of one of the aliens at some point. <laughs> but the, um, I mean, uh, right, just to put it right out on the table here, I think this is the worst. I would say this is the worst film I've ever seen, but Ooh. I'm not sure it contains enough elements to actually be constituted as a film. <laughs> I, I think there's too many things missing. I think it's it's essentially a overlong showreel for a visual effects company. And not a very good visual effects company. Like that. <laughs> so, I, I, I think it's... But yeah, to put it mildly, this is the worst film I've ever seen. I, wow. I, must, I must say, I, um, I used to be of the opinion that this one wasn't as bad as Alien vs. Predator, the first one. Um, that's because I watched them a long time apart from each other. AVP has the... Um, Paul W.S. Anderson's style really aggravates me, so it, it was mm. on a more visceral level. It made me just like it's difficult angry to remove that film. personal hatred, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but rewatching this last night, I, I rewatched this one last night for the record, and yeah, like I, it was worse than I even remembered. Um, it, this is worse than the first one. I, I've got to concede that now. It, it is. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I remember seeing this one at the cinema. I went. I was. I, can you believe I was excited for it? I was. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I went to see it with my that. dad, and it was like you know because all the buzz was like, oh, they've you know they're not held back by PG thirteen anymore. They're just gonna make exactly. it an R the, rating. The and first also, one, like, the first having... one was shit, but they've got rid of Paul W S Anderson. It's new yeah. people. They were they were talking a big game, I believe, in the lead up to it about how yeah. it, this was going to be the one to set things straight and get it all right. And also, it's the first time that you get aliens on, like, Earth. Exactly, like, yes. Domestic, that's, yeah, yeah that's exactly where I was leading, because that, to me, was very exciting at the time, because we've never seen aliens in, like, a suburban, a city environment, like, in a reality that is, you know, um, relatable. 
And I was very excited about that. And then, yeah, and then the film is obviously what it is, which is dreadful. I think I... I wouldn't say it's the worst film I've ever seen, but I think it's in my top <laughs> yeah. ten worst films I've ever seen. Um, but these brothers, the brothers I, I Strauss, believe for me it's they... like the 26th worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> specific. <laughs> the brothers Strauss have a habit of... Um, I've They've only made, as far as I'm aware, two feature films, the other one being Skyline, which I Ooh, think... Oh, is that them? Yes, and I think that is the worst <laughs> film I've ever seen. That is genuinely... <laughs> but like on an you know offensive what? I, level... I, I really didn't think Skyline was that bad. Oh, I hated it. We might as well Hate. get into this because we're never going to do an episode on it. So I remember I rented it out out of like morbid curiosity, and I think you watched the DVD before I sent it back. Yeah, because I, I, I did. Because I mean, it, it, it is it's really shit. I've just looked up. I gave it a three out of ten, but I didn't <laughs> generous high praise. I didn't have that same <laughs> visceral hatred reaction with it when I watched it. I could sit through it alright. I I thought um, it was amusing enough watching Turk from Scrubs. Wait a minute, can I can I, it's called Skyline, is it about some people get trapped on one of those big zipline things on the ski resort? (laughs) Oh, they get attacked by something. Oh, damn. What's Skyline Um, then? (laughs) This Skyline is um, aliens invade and these people having a party in a high-rise apartment and it's just sort of about what people do when aliens are coming in and they're harvesting brains yeah it it goes mental at the end like there's this whole sequence where um the they harvest the main character's brains so he then and then they put it in an alien and then he like takes control of the alien because it's his brain or something and then he runs around punching all the other aliens because he's looking for his girlfriend's brain it's really (laughs) bizarre um they've been trying to get a sequel to that off the ground for the last seven years they 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 keep saying it's gonna it's gonna be next year and it's just so if you're wondering what they've been doing oh my god they've made it i'm just looking out they didn't direct it. Some guy called Liam O'Donnell did it. it. They filmed it in December 2014, and by the looks of it, it's filmed and just never been released. Oh my god! That's well, there you go. Because I was, I was going to say, I think that's what they've been. You were sort of leading to they haven't done anything in a while if they've yeah. only done two films. But I think I mean, they've the, been trying to get this off the ground for the last how many years. They, they get steady work. I mean, they're like heads of a special effects company and yeah. by the looks of it, they do a lot of big, like they did X-Men and 300 and Terminator oh. and, you know, they, they do a lot of good stuff. It's, you know, um, but just as storytellers, I think they're lacking. Yeah. And also, I just want to, like, I might just be really pedantic about this, but the casual homophobia in their films oh, really God. irritates I, w- me. Yeah, no, I've made a note of that. I Because this is the thing. The thing that really... I, I didn't remember really anything about this film, but what really struck me watching it this time is how much I hated, hated the protagonist. From the very first scene, I just wanted him dead. Which one? I don't know, Which one is that? The 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 teenage kid. We see oh, him in okay. like a we see him in oh, a yeah. pizza a pizza restaurant, yeah. whatever. Yes, and he goes yes. in and he's he's like just being a knobhead, and the, his boss says, uh, "Could you do this delivery?" And he's like, "I'm not doing that delivery." And he's like, "Well, <laughs> it's not a democracy." And I I feel like you're meant to be going, "Oh, what a knobhead boss!" Well, let let the kid not do it. It's like, no, do his job. Like, yeah. why has he got such a chip on his shoulder? Well, then he goes to this house, and um, 
and and he's like you know I, I friends of mine delivered pizzas to my house when I was younger. It wasn't like that weird, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, here you go. I'll, I'll give you a bit of a tip. You know, how are you doing? Oh, nice to see you. It, it was never like embarrassing or a problem because everyone mm. works a shit job at that age. I was working in a supermarket, and they could pop in and see me in the yeah. supermarket. And yeah, exactly. And and then and then he walks in, and his retort to what do they say to him? They say they say, um, they say something. I don't know. They they they, they say something like, "Oh, you look like an idiot" or whatever. And his yeah. retort is, "Oh well, at least now I know who ordered the sausage lovers." Yeah, and it's just like, what the fuck is that? That's like, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's like, really shown... it's really weak, but also it just sets the main character up as a homophobe. And then when and... he gets the shit beaten out of him ten seconds later, I was like, yeah, good on him, like beat the shit out of him. That's why I hate him. But I think that is um, quite kind of realistic as the way teenage boys talk to each other. It is, but so it I, also I, I, doesn't endear me to this character. Maybe not in your world, Calvin, but in the world probably, where this is set. I would probably forgive it had I not seen Skyline, where there's a scene where it's earlier on in the film, and so you might remember this, there's like a party going on, and they're looking across the way into another building, and there's, they see a guy who's getting sucked off, and he's like on the sofa, and he's like enjoying himself and there's a load of guys around the window in the party and they're like yeah go on man yeah and all this and then the person who's sucking him off comes up and it's another it's a guy and then the, the reaction in the crowd is literally like oh my god and they're, they're literally like, screaming <laughs> at what they've seen because it's so horrific and it's just sort of like what on like well <laughs> uh, i guess that's how stupid dickhead men act with each other though. yeah that's- the Strauss are obviously dickhead men then if they well, I can believe yeah I, like like I say it, it's <laughs> I, I'm not gonna argue that like teenage boys wouldn't necessarily behave like that but you're not endearing us to this character who we've just met if you're making him homophobic like it, it's not uh, for a protagonist of a film certainly like this you don't you don't want to mess about you unless you've got a subplot where he kind of is conf- you know forced to confront he has to hide in a an enclosed space with a flamboyant gay man because an alien's gonna come and get them if they don't hide. <laughs> I, I think you're, like, I think you're missing the whole point I don't think we're supposed to I don't think the demographic audience of this film is going to watch that and go no oh, that's a bit out of order He's going to oh, go, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I, compl- I completely... Call those faggots gays. <laughs> no, no, that's completely... That's why I said casual homophobia, because it I is I didn't very even casual. pick up on it, like, when I watched this film ten years ago. No, me neither. So, so I mean, you know... <laughs> no, it was literally just yeah. on this watch that I was kind of like, wait a minute, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. But just yeah, interestingly... Plus- Okay. But I was seventeen ten years ago as well, let's, let's yeah. make that clear. Yeah. Like, and bear in mind, in, in, ten, in those ten years... Things have changed quite a lot in terms of mm. casual homophobia and it being acceptable in kind of normal media like this. Mm, mm. I think perhaps it wouldn't happen now. Oh yeah, no, right there's now. no way it would get through the like stupid. There's no way Fox execs would let it out like that nowadays. Mm. Interesting. I'm just interested that you brought up this guy. Did you look into this actor at all? No. What's he done? He's well. He's dead. He went. Oh. Com- he he went mad and like killed his old landlady. And then what? I think, I think that someone. I can't remember if he killed himself or if the police like shot him or whatever. But yeah, he went like completely. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so now he can feel bad. Uh, Johnny Lewis. I mean, he he, he he was it. He watched he this was... film and just sort of went, "What am I doing? I'm gonna kill everyone <laughs> and myself." I mean, I bet it was a contributing <laughs> factor, genuinely. <laughs> 
like, oh my god, like, what's happened to my career? Although he was no. in Sons of Anarchy, so he obviously had some acclaimed. I mean, another um, another one of my problems with this is that I mean, as always, you've got these these characters who are supposed to be like what eighteen something like that, played yeah. by like twenty five year olds, yes. and they're written as thirteen year olds. Like they they go, oh, you're looking at my girlfriend. I'm going to smack you at face like that, <laughs> and then we're supposed to take that completely seriously as characters. And, and yeah. that girlfriend, bit of a slut. <laughs> no, but she she's just she's just inexplicably like into him, and he's a yeah, no dick. good reason. He he doesn't <laughs> give her anything to like. She sort of she 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 throws him a bone and sort of says like, "Hey, so uh, I think you might be into me because you're always staring at me, a bit creepy." But okay, like that's fine. And he goes, "Oh, the clock's behind you. Fuck off." <sighs> And then she's like, alright, alright, just come over here and I'll get naked in front of you at the swimming pool and it'll be alright. And it's it's just so... Well, it didn't ring ring true for me, put it that way. That wasn't my high school experience. Maybe <laughs> that is what goes that on. Puts but... it quite succinctly. Doesn't ring true, these characters. I, th- I can only presume this film was written by a cat walking across a laptop because <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely meaningless from beginning to end. It was written by a guy called Shane Salerno, who I've never heard of before. What else has he done? He's... Oh, he's... Oh, God, he's going to be writing Avatar 2? Oh, and he apparently did an uncredited rewrite on the first film. The first AVP film. Yikes. Um, (laughs) That was his polished version. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very interested that you identified that teenager as the protagonist, because I thought... His older brother was. It's because the I I really gave up after about twenty minutes. <laughs> like I really just. You mean was you weren't getting into attention. the heartbreaking story of Kelly O'Brien, the soldier who's returned from like the Middle East to her distant daughter and husband that she really doesn't give a shit about? Because yeah, what as was soon all that about? The, as soon as the alien jumps in and kills her husband, she just like picks up the door. Right, up we're going, and the daughter's like, "Shouldn't we like see if Daddy's all right?" And she's like, "No, we need to keep running. We need to keep running." It's like, "Oh, you made that you, that leap very quick." Uh, no, like all the notes I've made go about twenty minutes into this film, and then I just gave up because it just I couldn't like cope with it. <laughs> well, the the um the soldier woman. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the fact that she was sol- a soldier doesn't come into play because she doesn't act like a soldier later on, like no. where she's where they're in a kind of combat situation, she takes mm. control or something like that. Well, she can drive the tank. Yeah, okay, I guess that's the whole point of it because yeah, and all the, soldiers and the can drive tanks. Fact, um, and, and <laughs> yeah, all helicopter trained helicopter pilots also double up as tank pilots. Um, that's a well-known military thing. Well, they're practically um, the same thing, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's just levers, isn't it? Really, that's yeah, all yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, just stuff spinning round. Uh, but then, like the whole thing with her daughter—that obviously, like she's got a strange relationship because she's been away. But then it never goes anywhere. They don't develop a relationship in these difficult circumstances. The husbands are killed, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, well he's dead. Let's move on." It's the <laughs> the most basic elements of human character are missing from all these people. What the? Mm. What is the point of any of this? That, that was my biggest anywhere. issue. Like, I just, I, I kept looking. Like, I think I was, what was I doing? I think I was writing a, a pitch for an upcoming episode when it was on. So, because I just got so bored with it, uh, <laughs> but I kept looking up at the screen and seeing people die, and I was just like, oh, this is just so, or people running, and it was. Just, I just, I have no connection to any of this. I just don't care. 
at all. Like, well, I think yeah. I mean, I think I can sum it up pretty well. At one point, they're getting out of the tank, I think, and they're and they're going to go to the hospital or whatever. And one of them comes out and really, really sincerely goes, "Everyone, look after Kelly. Whatever happens, we take care of Kelly." And I was like, "Who the fuck is Kelly? What's going on?" And I honestly didn't know who he was talking about. And I kind of assumed it must have been the little girl, I guess. And but then it just came out of nowhere where this really sincere protect the children, man, kind of attitude, which hadn't been no, there no, before. No, no, it's, no. It's not the kid. Kelly is the mum. She's the only one who can fly the helicopter. That's why they oh. want to protect her, because it's like, oh, if well, she at dies... Least, shit. At least that makes sense, because she has to tr- fly the helicopter. That didn't come across at all. I was a bit, Especially because the other character goes, oh, fuck this women and children first bullshit. So I oh, kind I of assumed that, yeah. it was like, oh, protect the child kind of thing. Uh, that was a really weird line. <laughs> Well, like, that was a really weird character that just pops out of nowhere so they, they've got someone else to kill. Yeah, but that's the thing. Exactly. Like, it, it, it didn't... I'm not opposed to, like, someone expressing that viewpoint, but it's so clunkily written and so, yeah. like, just... Yeah, that's not how people speak. <laughs> like, but that would have been perfect, because if he'd have gone, fuck this women and children first bullshit, and then he'd gone, she's the owner who can fly the helicopter, dickhead, that would have been a great little interchange. Exactly. Like, and he yeah. would have had to go, oh yeah, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> and it would have been good, but I didn't even pick up on that. I assumed it was the child, because I hadn't retained any of their names. <laughs> I remembered, um, because they named one character Dallas, uh, presumably after the Dallas. captain <laughs> after from Alien. Alien. Yeah. But it's such an odd, like, I'm, I don't know if we're supposed to think they're relatives, or I, I have no idea what, what that's about. Um, but he's the older brother of the young twat that we discussed earlier. And then there's also the sheriff. Who's the only actor I recognise from anything. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he's in Fast and Furious. He was in Kong Skull Is Island. He? Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of those people, he pops up in all sorts of things. We just watched all the Fast and Furious films. I have no memory of this man at all. He was one of the main bad guys. Oh, I probably didn't pay attention then. <laughs> well, he plays it more kind of Hispanic in that. He's like a Hispanic bad guy. Ah, maybe that's why. Um, Here, I, I thought he was dreadful in this film. Like, every line delivery they're he all gave dreadful. was dreadful. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, actually, no, they are. I, I think there is no redeeming person in this group of people, is there? Like, even in the other one, you've got Lance Henriksen and Ewan Bremer who are just sort of doing, you know... Yeah, halfway decent work. Uh, here, there's there's no one, um, and it must be it must be lacking direction. Like these directors are visual effects guys. I mean, that's that's yeah. their background. So maybe they just don't understand how to direct people, and <laughs> uh, and that because all right, these guys all might be shit actors, but they've still cast them. And then, yeah. and there's also, you know, you can direct a, a shitty actor into something. There's, mm. but they, and then there's, there's not, the dialogue's got nothing to offer, so the actors have got nothing to work with. But like, I, I, uh, I don't know if it's the... Like, like, that's the thing. The actors have got nothing to work with at all. Yeah. I, I could totally believe any of the actors in this film are capable actors. I, I just... There, there was nothing for them to grasp onto in what they had to work with at all. Mm. It's just the most so, boring, bland dialogue and characterization, and mm. just yeah. So let's let's assume that the filmmakers went. Nobody cares about the humans. It's all about aliens versus predator fighting. Yeah, let's just throw some characters in there to make it look good. So, how do we feel about the aliens versus predators bit? Is what you, Alan? You were just talking about like how maybe the maybe the brothers. You know, they they're not directors. They're visual effects guys. They want to you know show off that kind of stuff. Like I, I I'm. 
astonished at like I mean if the visual effects guys show it off don't put it all in darkness and edit it into oblivion I have no I, I literally no idea what happens I think that's the thing I, I it's like in Skyline you get a lot of that as well but Skyline is a, a really really low budget film and they've done pretty damn impressive special effects work on it all things considered uh, so you can understand the need to, like you say, hide it in darkness and, and quick cuts and things. This is this is a 20th century Fox film that's part of both the Alien franchise and the Predator franchise, and it's following on from what I believe was quite a financially successful Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. So it's it must have had a, a decent budget, surely. Oh no, they cut the budget. They, oh, really? like, they, they cut it by a third. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like an expensive film. It feels like quite a small, low-budget mm. film. So mm. that makes sense. But it still must have been like enough money to do... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, one, one thing as well, I'll say. One thing that really... One of the reasons why both, I think, Skyline and the first Alien vs. Predator are better than this is that the confined setting kind of it limits the playing field a little bit it just makes mm. the story feel ever so slightly more focused um whereas this is just broad sprawling setting of yeah. just the world yeah. really and that was one of my notes was um this is aliens on earth at last and now we see why it's a bad idea yeah because it's just too spread out it's just something like but always wherever they run there's a fucking alien there that's the thing it's, <laughs> we get no sense of away, the geography but... of the place or how closely yeah. tied they all are and some yeah. of them go to a hospital some of them go to the center of town where some shadowy government figure is going to kill everyone and we we don't really see enough of him to fathom you know what's going on there I'm regretting my pitch now, actually, because it's. I've just realised I should have done Die Hard versus Alien. <laughs> <laughs> alien been, in yeah. a building. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you two feel about the Alien v Predator scenes? Because there's quite a lot of fighting in this one, right from the off. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was all filmed in a eight foot by eight foot room, I think. <laughs> it's just very uninteresting. Like it's just. Just, the, I didn't um, like the the face huggers were like all CGI. I didn't really like the look of them. Yeah, they look yeah. really shit in this film. Really shit. Um, there is the the big difference is that this one has a pred alien. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, which yeah, is a good concept. It's a great concept, yeah. which they do nothing with. It's hint like they they you know hinted it at the end of the first one, but it's almost like a joke. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? It, it's almost <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, look, we all know that's a thing that could happen. Like, what if a zombie bit a, a vampire? But at the same time, there's an element of, like, maybe this is something we should never actually explore in any real detail. Because it's just inherently... Well, no, I think, I think as a concept it could work. The trouble is that the Predalien... Ex- is exactly the same as the other aliens. He just looks yeah. different, so we can distinguish him as a kind of oh, he's the main bad guy that we're going to deal with mm. last. Yeah. But he doesn't act any differently. He's not smarter. He's not quicker or, or slower. Maybe he's he's not more well, that, predatory. Uh, he's, he's nothing. Only real advantage over human beings are the technology. So yeah, you'd have to have the pred alien like kill a predator and pick up all its like. Guns and bombs and things, and have the intelligence to know how to use it for it to really be a worthwhile concept. 
Can I ask a question? Because I I'm not that great with female anatomy. <laughs> is <laughs> is the mouth connected to the womb? <laughs> is uh, there any it's a, way? It's a that good wo- question, Calvin. And no, it certainly is not. Ah, um, okay. There's one way. This film is very confusing in, in that regard. Uh, <laughs> There are just these horrific scenes in which the Predalien, like, latches onto the face of the specifically pregnant women. Like, they make a point of any woman who yeah. is pregnant gets it's, this thing. It was and you really see, weird. You see these things, these lumps, like, going down in their throat. So I guess it's like, okay, well, the thing can impregnate. But the, it goes specifically for pregnant women. And then when the, you know, belly bursts, there are, like, four or five aliens in there. Um I'm not quite yeah, sure uh, why. I don't know why that's new. I, I even watched the Predator films because uh, I thought, I haven't seen Predator 2 for ages. I thought, maybe there's something in there where it establishes it as a, nope, nothing yeah. in there about it. <laughs> I think they just thought, oh, pregnant women, their stomach's bigger. More sp- that's how it works. Like, how big you are is if, if you get if you have twins, it's because you get really yeah. fat when you're pregnant. No, no, yeah, no. But but they, it's, they, it's bigger because there's a fucking baby in there. It's not an open space. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying I, that it feels like the directors don't understand female anatomy either, is what I'm saying. It feels <laughs> no, like they're looking at it with a sense of, oh, that, yeah, like um, it's bigger, so that worked, wouldn't it? I mean, there's that diner waitress earlier on who has just found out that she's pregnant. She's not even... Yeah, she's not showing, so she's not bigger, and she still spawns three of them for some bizarre reason. Yeah, it's because there's one alien in the the person, and then there's one alien in the fetus. And where's the other one come from? The, the, she was having twins. They were all having <laughs> twins. They were all having <laughs> twins. Some of the pregnant women were having quintuplets. But that yeah. really bothered me. Like, I'm not one to, like... Obviously, this they went for an R rating with this one. They thought, be damned with the holding back on the blood and guts and that sort of thing. And f- fair enough, fine. You, oh, that will be I why they you... cut the budget, won't it? I've just realised. Yeah. It'll be an exchange for making it... Uh, okay. But when they... They just make it so, um... <sighs> I, like, I, 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 my sensibilities weren't offended necessarily. Like, if you want to show a pregnant woman dying on screen or a child dying on screen, fine. But it just... It has such a nasty attitude to it. Like, I don't mm. know if... Like, the the film starts with um, a boy and his dad out on a hunting trip and then they both get face because then you see a alien burst out of the chest of this, like, eight-year-old boy or whatever. And I, I don't know what reaction I'm supposed to have to that, because am I meant to be like, yeah, come on, blood and guts and stuff? or Because I'm just sort of a bit, sort of like, I'm not upset by it, it, it but is, no, it it's weird. an icky kind of feeling. I, it is weird, yeah, and I, I don't really know why... Because it's so gratuitous, there's no good story reason. But that's it, it's not even necessarily to do with it being a child. Like, when Kane in Alien has his chest burster, it's a shock because we've established the character and we kind of understand where all these characters are coming mm. from. And it's like, we understand the emotional impact it's having and on it's, them. And that's it, the film mm. treats it as horrific. Whereas yeah. this film mm. just kind of doesn't spend any time on any of that. It just glosses over it all. Even Alien yeah. vs. Predator didn't shy away from how horrible it would be to, you know, have that happen to you. The characters mm. sort of acknowledge how uh, <laughs> unpleasant it is and what have you. That that, that character, mm. like, wants to kill himself at one point rather than, you know, have it happen to him, doesn't it? So, mm. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's just that the film just never really stops to acknowledge what's happening or breathe and let the characters mm. be characters, let the characters behave like human beings. Mm, mm. I don't know though cuz even then the 
that that wouldn't explain like the the kid at the start because there's no one around to. But I then, think, and, and that, and then also like the the homeless people who get face hugged as well. It's like oh, yeah. we see this little vignette of their life before they. It's like we don't need that. We either need it to be established characters so we care that they're dead, or we need go. We need them to find the bodies and go. Oh, something's burst out of this, and we as an audience go. Oh, oh, aliens are coming, and we get it. We don't need the, the little yeah. sort of comedy sketch with the homeless, funny homeless people. Um, and there is the little um, ending sting on this one with Ms. Utani. Oh, I, I, uh, remind, like, I turned it off like, as soon that as the yeah. weird stuff. government guy. Who, oh, no, we haven't talked about how they nuke everything yet. Because isn't that just the biggest yeah. load of bullshit ever? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, what's that like? Ugh. Uh, I loved it. Like in some of the um, like deleted scenes, bonus materials. Kelly, the um, soldier, had this whole like subplot at one point where she was saving these two girls, um, the old oh, kids or whatever, um, from aliens, and then they went off with you know to the center of town where everyone thinks they're being picked up. Um, and they cut that whole subplot because at some point they worked out. Oh wait a minute, everyone dies anyway. So <laughs> why? Are we getting people invested in this? Because basic, that's basically it. It's like they just kill everyone. It's four of the characters, the soldier and a daughter, the young twat and his older brother. They get on the helicopter and make it away. While this like government guy, Colonel Stevens, I believe is his name, um, just nukes the place. And that's it. That's the end. Um, I think I've just remembered that that young guy gets like pierced through the body with a thing and then oh yes afterwards has a bit of a limp because of it <laughs> it's like that's all that happens it's like he just yeah. got speared through the heart with an alien tail thing yeah yeah anyway those characters make it away and the government find them and presumably keep them alive i i don't really know what like if you're willing to nuke a town for containment and you want to keep this all very hush hush i'm not quite sure why they want to keep it all very hush hush the aliens have arrived and well, how do you keep so. a nuclear <laughs> detonation in well, Colorado yes. or whatever? Well, <laughs> as we've seen in the Resident Evil films, you basically just need to like what is it? You you play it up as a a, a, a nuclear power plant going wrong, and like any evidence is just part of a hoax that some yes. pranksters it's have perpetuated <laughs> that the police are gonna want to speak to them about for some reason. Mm. So that's how you do it. Although I guess yeah. if there isn't a nuclear power plant anywhere near the town, then they might be uh, in trouble. <clears throat> there is a power plant. I love how they... Is it the Predalien or the aliens? I love how they know to go to the power plant that's outside of town so that they cut the power to the entire town so it's all in darkness. No one can actually turn on a light. It's very... They've got um, a strong understanding of infrastructure. Yes, it seems, it seems that way, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so they all die. How do we feel about that? Very glad, really. Um, I I just I uh, so indifferent about everything that happens in this film after about ten minutes. I just I'm just numb (laughs) to it. Doesn't it just annoy you on like a like a write on a basic writing level? That is such a fuck you to an audience who you know. God, if anyone did ever get invested in this kind of a, a story, then God, I I can't imagine. But to to just say at the end, middle finger. Yep, they're all dead, and that's it. Well, I could go with that if we had any sort of background to the person who's like having to drop the bomb and having to go, well, this isn't a momentous decision, but for the greater good, we have to do it. If these things get out, they're going to kill everyone. We have mm, to make the sacrifice. Yeah, I'm the same. If 
it depends how it's played. If it actually acknowledged the weight of it, and you know, and if there was potential for a, a sequel that had to somewhat deal with the fallout of it as well, because I like seeing the fallout of these messy, not mm. literal fallout, um, the 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 you know the the mess the the paperwork that has to be done. That's my sort of film, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the fact that it's so like blasé about the whole thing. It's just like, oh yeah, it's bomb, great. Our main our main character <laughs> got away, didn't they? So that's all right, fine. Yeah, and then we have the government official go to Ms. Yutani and present a predator weapon. Mm-hmm. And then there's some oh, I did kind of watch this line. little end nugget. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about there's, it. Yeah, there's some kind of cryptic line about, but it's not from our world, is it, Ms. Yutani? And then that's, yeah, the that's acting's the end. so. So bad in that little bit. It's like it worse really than the rest of the it? film. Yeah, I I don't know if they thought that Ms. Utani would come back in the installments or what the plan was there. But um, yeah, I guess I guess they did. They've overdone Wayland, haven't they? It's all about Wayland. We never actually get much about the Utani side of the corporation. Anyway, they never made another one. Uh, well, they haven't done yet. They, they do seem to be going back to the both franchises with Prometheus and Predators to try and give it some credibility again. Like, bring in decent directors. Do you think we'll get another one in, like, the foreseeable future? Because cinematic <sighs> universes are a big thing now. So it's... From a, from a marketing point of view, it would make a lot of sense for some Fox exec to go in and pitch... You know, we, we, we get Alien Covenant done, we get the Predator that Shane Black's currently making out there, we, we reinvigorate the both franchises, we we let, um, uh, what's that guy called? The District 9 man, I've forgotten his name. Oh, yeah. I we know. let him make his... Jesper Blomqvist, something like that. Neil on, Blomkamp. Yeah, Jesper Blom- Blomqvist plays for Man United, used to play for Man United, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> but, you know, we, we let him make his alien movie whilst Ridley Scott's making a Prometheus movie and, and there's a Predator movie. And then we make Alien vs. Predator 3, the big crossover, and it's all it's all synergy. Like, it, yeah. it, it makes if they sense. Did an, if they but... did Alien vs. Predator again, it certainly wouldn't take into account these two films. It would oh, God, yeah, yeah. There's no way they'd call it Alien vs. Predator 3. They'd call it Alien vs. Predator... Um, Just p- open a dictionary and pick a word. Bio wars. <laughs> <laughs> the alien versus the predator. <laughs> I suppose my problem with the whole matchup to begin with is uh, I, w- I think of the alien as being a more classy franchise, really, oh, certainly, yeah. <laughs> than Predator. So I think I think by doing Alien versus Predator, I think of them more as Predator films because it just cheapens the Alien brand so much. It feels very um. in. In line with what Predator movies do, yeah. Alien I think is above this, and I Maybe. think that's what they've realised, and they're trying to, you know, bring back some credibility to, to, to with Ridley Scott and whatnot, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, well, in a, about an hour. <laughs> well, in in a week for uh, oh, yeah, people so listening. Real time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him see behind the curtain. Maybe, maybe you're on metric time, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, should we should we pitch what we do with this? If if Fox came yeah. and said, "Look, we we we've got this Alien versus Predator thing going on." Um, 
but we don't we we clearly don't know what the fuck we're doing so <laughs> we're, we're turning to you as just like a left field choice <laughs> how could it pick you random 20 well, something yeah you're England. you're a lot cheaper than the brothers strauss and it couldn't <laughs> possibly be any worse so why not <laughs> i'm actually interested to hear what alan's pitch is going to be yeah uh, yeah, because I mean, you, quite... you don't like lowbrow action fun. You just like yeah. poncy, like pretentious, <laughs> boring shit. So, I should we predict this, Calvin? Let's let's. Oh yes, yes, let's do it. I think it's going to be some kind of character study <laughs> about someone uh... dealing with depression who who ultimately <laughs> yeah I, yeah someone dealing with postnatal depression and then like yeah. they they end up like pregnant with a an alien in them and. I yeah. I reckon it's going to be about the like I was saying before about the government dealing with the like paperwork and there's just some like someone doing their their it's like a low level grunt at the uh, at the the office where they're kind of examining this predator tech maybe at Wayland or no what's it y- Yutani what's it called Yutani yeah yeah maybe something with that and it's I don't know actually maybe maybe th- it's going to be like alien runs for president. I think <laughs> I think it's gonna be like uh, uh, when the wind blows, and it's gonna be about them dealing with the radiation poisoning that's come out of this nuclear bomb. So Kelly and her daughter may be alive, but they're bald and uh, have cancer. Yeah, it is. It is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a real like just study of how the like town is just like all the surrounding towns all have the hair falling out and. They have to like yeah. revert to a feudal farming system because the the country's infrastructure falls apart, <laughs> and, and, and uh, most of the crops won't take because the ground's like just enriched with radiation and 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Are the we first close? mistake you've made here. No, the mistake yeah. you've made here is assuming I would even think about doing something to do with Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Uh, <laughs> obviously immediately banished it from my mind before. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I went, I pretty much just went with the like, okay, let's make a stupid action film. Okay. Uh, mm. But try and kind of embrace it rather than make it shit like the Strauss brothers did. Um, I did I did consider doing just a straight up shot for shot remake of Alien, but instead of humans, they were Predators. I, I uh, considered that. Yeah, subtitled. But, but no, no, no subtitles. Like the oh, okay. Star Wars Holiday Special and you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need any dialogue in that. You barely need the dialogue in Alien, really. There's only a few little bits of exposition. Well, my, what, what made, what piqued my interest really was what, why we always seem to be asked to identify with the Predators rather than mm. the aliens in these matchups. Because they're more Particularly human-oid. in the first Alien vs. Predator. Exactly, because they're more human. They are humanoid for a start. But, but the Xenomorph they use, is they also... They use technology. ...is also much more of a feral thing. It's not played as mm-hmm. something that thinks and reasons to the same extent, although there are instances where they, you know, kill each other to get acid blood to escape and stuff. Mm. That's it. And I, what, what I don't like about all these films is that everyone's so quick to kill the aliens. Like, they're these terrible beasts. And then... then, I, then yeah, I mean, I, I don't begrudge them that. <laughs> I don't mean just in a kind of an immediate threat sense, but it's just like, we have to wipe this species off the face of the universe forever. 
um, which I think is a little bit harsh. Uh, mm. Like, you know, the first time people met, you know, Bears. a lion, they probably yeah. felt that it was a little bit kind of aggressive. <laughs> uh, so, I just love that Saul went to bears. <laughs> I love bears. And the, the other thing I want to address is um, this idea that the predators are some sort of great warrior race. Uh, because it's certainly in the first Alien vs. Predator, bec- the only thing, the only reason it all goes tits up is because they haven't got their weapons. The humans accidentally kind of take the weapons. Mm. And so they just don't know how to cope with these aliens and they get killed really yeah. easily. But, um, but aren't, and they, also, um, aren't they doing a... I might have completely imagined this to make the film make more sense, but aren't they doing a kind of coming-of-age ritual so the idea is these are young think, shit inexperienced predators being sent in I to think that kill might be the thing. To... but then but yeah but then what is the what you're learning from shooting something like just you know yeah, it's well, not like they're not yeah well there's they're not there's rich to... twats in our world who go well, up to Africa to shoot like exactly let me let me read you this sentence from my notes <laughs> okay um well that, I, 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 I've always assumed they come that to is what the predator that's what's happening in predator they're just like Twatty, they're, they're a race of warriors, and they, you know, they they put value on this sort of thing. But the the predators coming over here, they're just coming on a hunting holiday. Well, this is it. This is what I've put. I've put they come to Earth as trophy hunters, like a safari. So we mm. have every reason to believe that they are the predator equivalent of a dentist from Texas. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna embrace I don't that. Think idea. The, I don't think the predator films even shy away from that though. Like I don't think that's a I think that's sort of an element of satire that is present in those I don't, films. On I think purpose. you're reading way too much into the Predator films. There, I think that it's supposed they're supposed to be this great kind of warrior th- sort of thing, and I don't know. I think you're trying to give it too much credit there. Frankly, oh, fair enough. Maybe that's well, why. I well, what I'll do is make it much more obvious, I guess. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to call my film Predator versus Alien. Um, and it's, it's going to be set thousands of years ago in some sort of non-specific ancient civilization with pyramids and stuff mm. uh, because that's the idea, right? They've been coming for years and years. Mm. Yeah. In, in, pred- in Predators, uh, no, not in Predators, in Predator 2, when we see the trophy cabinet and there's an alien skull there, there's also like a T-Rex skull there, Ooh. which suggests the Predators have been hunting on Earth for 65 million years, or however long it is since T-Rex was around. Yeah, or, mm. or that the engineers in Prometheus like put T-Rexes on another planet and Ooh. just yeah. put a load of shit on different planets. And yeah, he was yeah. like, I'll go to well, the you, dinosaur you get, planet, then I'll go to the You're getting ahead of my, my Prometheus pitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go too far. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so with the help of the predators, who they worship as gods, these simple folk have built pyramids and all that, and then when the time comes, they're called on to sacrifice some of their people to the predators so that they can become, you know, impregnated with xenomorphs and all that sort of thing, right? This is mm. stuff that was set up in, in the first Alien vs. Predator. Okay, so, but because they want to breed the biggest and best xenomorphs, the predators mm. insist on having the biggest and best members of these tribes or whatever for sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how we introduce our principal characters, why we can have some sort of inter-tribe tournament designed to show who's the strongest, the fittest, or whatever. It's like a kind of old-school Olympics sort of thing. You can see people competing, wrestling, lots of kind of naked men with oil on them and all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, 
<clears throat> so obviously during this we will establish who the main character is going to be who will be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> yeah, <see that. laughs> yeah exactly uh, so so then let's say you end up with this core group of say 12 people who are going to be sacrificed and they could all be kind of strong or super great in some way um, you don't have to be all big muscly guys they can be kind of different types and they get taken into this pyramid they think they're going to receive some sort of great honor, but what the I don't know, like the high priest of the chief of the tribe knows that they're actually going to be sacrificed or whatever. I don't know. We sort of deal with that in the details. Um, mm. They get so they get locked in this room with a load of alien eggs that have been provided by the predators. Uh, they figure out what's going on, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson figures out what's going on. They all kicks off. They try and get away. Some of them get face hugged. Some of them get away. So then you. So then we'll end up with like say, five people who've got away, the other ones have been impregnated and so they're going to, we know we're going to get that many aliens. Um, And then the predators come to kind of um, kill the aliens and it's all enclosed in this pyramid thing. So it's like this uh, little, yeah, like a a hunting ground, but it's Mm. all very enclosed and controlled for them because the people, the predators who are hunting, there should be like one main guy who's like the leader. He's the one who knows what he's doing because he's taking these idiots on safari. And then the other three are like the, you know, idiot predators who are kind of, and you have to show them being like clumsy or like they're just pissing about and they're not taking it seriously because they're not, they're not even like good hunters. They're just like, oh, they paid the money. Someone tie up a, a boar next to a post so I can shoot it. That sort of thing, right? Hmm. So I don't know how you'd show that. Maybe just, you know, have some comedy elements of the predators. Um, I don't know. How would you show humans being sort of goofballs? I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't put a pig in it. That'll really affect your distribution in the Middle East. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean literally a pig. I was using that as a metaphor for the human sacrifices and all that. Ah. Uh, oh. Okay then. Oh, good thinking, Alan. I think but you I don't can know show you can a pig <laughs> being killed in the Middle East. You don't want to put a cow in the in there getting killed for <laughs> other markets. There's no. There's no animals. That was. Um, um, that was an analogy. What are you talking about? Are you listening to me? You should have a parrot. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> just just have a parrot sidekick <laughs> okay um yeah well i i i'm gonna pitch a squirrel that sits on the shoulder oh genius oh, yeah <laughs> okay it's like a prehistoric a red squirrel, squirrel. A re- so it's a bit yeah, yeah. Oh, a beautiful red squirrel <laughs> yeah but like you say like a prehistoric red squirrel yeah voiced by bruce willis oh yes <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I think I think you can all agree, Alan. We have saved your idea. <laughs> In his free time, he, he solves mysteries. <laughs> See, this is what See? happened to the Strauss brothers. They're actually creative geniuses. It's a lot better than your pig idea, Alan. <laughs> I didn't have a pig idea. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to backtrack now. Look, Alan, we're, My just, point we're trying, was to, we're trying got... to make your idea financially viable here, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to help you out. My point is that you would show the predators, like, being bad predators, like, drinking or something like that. Like, or oh, okay, like the equivalent right, yeah. of, like, they'd be getting pissed. Yeah. Anyway, my, so my, my film is just your standard, like, blah, 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 there's loads of action, they're in a pyramid, and so it's like, all the rocks will move for no reason, and then trap them in rooms and stuff. 
Um, mm. But the, basically, the most switcheroo I want to do is that the Predator's the bad guy, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson and one of the Xenomorphs have to team up to kill the main Predator <laughs> to stop him killing them. And then, and then so that, and then during this process, they'll kind of form some <gasps> sort of unspoken bond. Does he? Does he? At the end, does he ride into battle on the back of an alien? Let like me read my, my my last sentence in my in my pitch. By coming to, together to destroy the Predator, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and the Xenomorph form an unspoken bond, and the final scene is Dwayne the Rock Johnson riding the alien into the sunset. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that'd be so good. Which, which could lead to a sequel where he take like maybe he has to go back to his tribe and get all them because they sacrificed him and he's pissed off about it uh, mm. or something like that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I really like the idea of Dwayne the Rock Johnson on it. Aliens back. I do. <laughs> That'd be really good. Yeah. Huh. I think that would be great, actually. Yeah. Hmm. All right, that's me. Uh, shall I do mine? If you want. Well, I'm going to do Alien versus Predator versus Resident Evil. <laughs> and we're going to combine all these franchises oh, no. together. Okay. So we start with so it's basically Jovovich. just a way to get Mila Jovovich up against the aliens without it Pretty much. being too overtly <laughs> nepotistic. If that's <laughs> she, so we she, start with Mila Jovovich, and like all those all those films start with her doing a voiceover. So she does a voiceover. Of, I'm Alice, the Umbrella Corporation <laughs> infected the world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she is the only survivor on Earth. So she has left Earth. We, we open the film this way. She's taking off to go and find life on another planet. Um, oh, wait, she goes does, into... this, does this end with the, the Umbrella Corporation? Like, there's a big board meeting and they go, right, we, we've fucked a lot of stuff up here. We need to sort out our branding. Let's change our name to the Wayland Yutani Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she goes into hyperspace. So she is zooming through space and she's preparing cryo sleep. Um, but oh no, there's zombies on ship. So we, <laughs> obviously, so we have a bit of action, of course. But um, the ship crashes, and oh, it crashes. Man. On... Imagine if the zombies come and see her in the cryopod, and she's like surrounded by zombies in the pod, and she's got to escape. That'd be a tense scene. Oh, that, yeah, that. Ooh, ooh. It's too that good would for legitimately this film, be but... quite <laughs> too good for. No, this, yeah, no, I'm pitching this as a Paul W. S. Anderson film, so there'll be no tension. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, the ship crashes on LV426, which I think we'll all remember as the planet from the first Alien, where um, the characters go down and find the the eggs. So there's more action here. Um, Alice ends up in the giant space jockey ship where all the alien eggs were, oh. and. Some face huggers jump out at her and she kills them and stuff. But a couple of them latch onto the faces of the zombies oh. that are chasing her around. <laughs> so, so they're neutralized. Um, oh, this is great. Zomb- zombie aliens. It's fantastic. <laughs> zombie aliens. Uh, zombie aliens. Uh, Alice, Alice leaves. She runs outside. Uh, she's like really distressed by this whole experience. Uh, and she bumps into John Hurt, Veronica Cartwright, and Tom Skerritt. <laughs> yes, a- Alien and Resident Evil take place in the same universe, and the events of Alien were happening concurrently with events in Resident Evil, and now we're rewriting the first film's timeline. So, um, Alice <laughs> faints from stress or something, and ends up back on the ship, where she's woken she do- up by... She does. She is prone to that, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever in a difficult situation, she just passes Yeah, just out. faint, and then... <laughs> Uh, she's woken up by Sigourney Weaver on the Nostromo ship. Um, and we have 
scenes of the pair talking, and I don't really know how this could happen, but I was like, it, it'd, be, it'd be nice if there was a little girl on the ship that they both could, like, fight over, because yeah, they the, both want to be her mother. The and Red Queen, that. like, hacks into the ship. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. Yes, there we go. Well, just, just a quick question. How are we going to render, for example, John Hurt... Um, uh, you know, or... they did it with Peter Cushing. <laughs> so there's probably going to be a little girl in there somewhere. I don't know how. Yeah, no, Sol, yeah, Sol fixed it. The Red Queen hacks in and she's, you know, doing stuff. And, the, the you know, they're fighting over her and that. Um, but anyway, the zombies were obviously brought back on the ship because the crew thought, oh, they must have been part of Alice's team or whatever. And of course, aliens burst out of them. And now we have zombie aliens who are more or less the same <laughs> they go around going, brains, <laughs> moving really slowly. Uh, uh, presumably they're just weaker than normal aliens. Like Presumably they're just slower, shambolic, <laughs> decaying yeah. aliens. Oh, oh, no, no, these are Resident Evil alien uh, oh, zombies. So they may or may Resident not be Evil fast. Zombies, yeah. They may or oh, may not so be they're fast. aliens covered in talc? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they're, 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 they're animals, so it'd be like spaghetti. Or you can have a spaghetti oh, yeah. dog alien. Ah. Yes. yes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, all right. So a dog's come as well, and there's a dog <laughs> spaghetti dog alien thing in there as well. Anyway, the rest of the film plays out much as you would expect from a Paul W.S. Anderson film remaking Alien and inserting Resident Evil into it. Um, there's action and moments that are supposed to be scary but don't work until eventually the crew are whittled down and we're left with Mila, Sigourney, Jones the Cat, and the little girl. Oh, <laughs> Jonesy, yeah, little cat. Oh, yeah. Um, and so um, they, they get into the escape pod and it plays out much like the first Alien film and they shoot off. Uh, they put the little girl into cryo sleep and then they get their kits off and stand very close to each other uh, <laughs> for dialogue's purposes. And then uh, <laughs> until it turns out, oh, there's a Zombalian on board and um, they duke it out, kicking its face in and doing some wire foo before the cat hits the airlock button and Mila gets in the Mila gets in the final blow and says something like air lock and load bitch and then kicks you know what I think Miljovovich would do in a fight with an alien um, what she, would she do it'd be trying to get up against her uh, she'd be holding it back. Its little mouth would like come out of its big mouth and just miss her and then she would grab the little mouth with her hand yes and like I don't know if she'd snap it off or if she'd kind of like lead the whole alien like around with it and like <laughs> slam them into walls and punch oh, them with it. Punch them with their Perfect. That's what we well, want you... in this film. We don't want any tension, we just want overblown <laughs> camp action. You can rip their little mouths out, as Sigourney Weaver did it in Alien Resurrection. Yeah, she did uh, to a dead one though, not a live yeah. one. It sort of flops around like a big rubber dildo. <laughs> anyway, um, that's the end of the film. They both go into cryo sleep, but there's a post credit scene. Because this is a Resident Evil film as well, we have to have some kind of cliffhanger in here, and I haven't actually used a Predator yet. So, um, Albert Wesker comes riding in on the back of a Predator and uh, says something shit like, it's just the beginning, and then that's the end of the film. <laughs> He should cut, he should smash in on the back of a predator, and then he should say, "I'm one ugly mother," f-, and that's the end of the film. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh no, I didn't put that line in mine either. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> no, but Paul W. S. Anderson clearly loves that line. He'll work it in. 
You need to get the bitch line in there. I was um, very impressed they managed to get the get to the chopper line in AVP Requiem. <laughs> well, they put a helicopter in it specifically for that reason. <laughs> oh, All for that one line. So, Sol, what's uh, what's your pitch? Uh, well, I I went back to the comic book origins that we've uh, mentioned already, ah. um, but. I, I haven't just done a straightforward let's adapt the comics. Because we, we've had them, they've had a shot at them, I think we need to do something a bit different first just to kind of cleanse the palette and maybe we can go back to it a bit later on. So I've decided that uh, we will adapt the Batman versus Aliens comic book, which uh, is a thing. Wait, what? <laughs> Batman v Aliens? Batman versus okay. Aliens is a comic book. No. They've done every they there's Batman versus Aliens, there's Superman versus Predator, there's Batman versus Superman versus Alien versus there's every combination of those things. I think sometimes Terminator gets involved. Like there are comic books of all of this stuff. RoboCop as well, he's done some of it. RoboCop versus Terminator. Huh. But I've read Batman versus Aliens. So oh. so I thought I'd start there. I mean what what I was going to pitch initially was just that you like do this properly, and you get someone who is going to take it seriously, who's talented, make a good Predator movie, throw some aliens in. Uh, but Batman versus Aliens just seems like a better, like I say, way to cleanse the planet. Uh, pla- pla- uh, <laughs> cleanse, cleanse the palate. The planet. <laughs> a better way to cleanse the palate. Uh, so, at this point, you might as well just set it in the DC universe, because like, that thing's a fucking mess, and it's not going to mess things up if aliens are in there too so wait a minute what's, what's in the DC universe Batman suicide I, I mean the DC thing they've got oh. going on at the minute with suicide Ben Affleck and, and Suicide Squad and all that shit okay yeah 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 um, so yeah you know just might as well have Ben Affleck as Batman I guess uh, so Batman sent to investigate the disappearance of a Wayne Enterprise geologist in a jungle near the Guatemalan and Mexican border uh, he encounters an American special ops team sent to hunt some sort of target there, and they both make their way inside this ancient pyramid thingy. Uh, the, the the comic came out in 1997, by the way, so it predates the Alien vs. Predator film, so any any similarities are uh, 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 forgiven. Cause it, also pre- it. it also predates when Batman became good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's what we're dealing with. So, yeah, basically the characters are all picked off, except for Batman. It's all good fun, just, you know, aliens killing people and shit. Um, And then at the end, the shifty double-cross villain uh, that wants to sell the aliens to the government or something gets eaten by a a new alien. And and this alien is one that's come out of a crocodile. And this is all from the comic (laughs) book, because I've read it. Oh, no way, really? Oh, that's quite cool. There's a crocodile alien at the end. And... uh, he has a big fight with it and eventually manages to throw it into the mouth of a volcano. And uh, huh? he throws it into the mouth of a volcano to kill it. Why is he near a volcano? He's in, he's happened in, to be nearby. He's in Gua- Guatemala, Mexico border. There's some, like, they're famous for the volcano. Yeah, there's some, like, they're and, in a temple. Crocodiles. There's, there's a volcano, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google this crocodile alien thing because I'm very curious. They, re- to know they really haven't done enough in the films to embrace the aliens from different creatures thing, have they? No, they uh, just did the dog in Alien 3 and that's about it, really. Yeah. And then, and the Pred alien. 
but yeah, then then the end is just you know that that's it really. But you're setting up the sequels, so then you've got like I say, every every single combination imaginable of Alien versus Predator versus Superman versus Batman, and that that's what they do for the next like five years. It'd be good fun. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's my bit. Oh, that's yeah, very. And and you know what that Batman versus Aliens comic book is all right. It's good fun. It's not it's not like uh, proper stuff, but it, it it's it's the right level of fun that this stuff should have been pitched at. It's what Alien versus Predator should have been, but yeah. failed mm. to be. Uh, okay. Well, this is yeah. um, probably the worst films we've ever done in one episode. Mm. Um, <laughs> the worst. Have we done? Have we done? I mean, we did Resident Evil. Resident Evil, yeah. Calvin at least liked those. I guess. I guess in terms. I guess in terms of our collective opinion on the films, yeah, this is probably the most we've all hated it. Apart from I mean, maybe this... Fifty Shades of Grey, I don't know. <clears throat> oh, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I, I mean, hate it's, these it's, more. It, yeah. I mean, quite remarkably, the Paul W. Sanderson film has come out as the better film. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we would never have predicted that. Let's let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That Aliens versus Predator Requiem might be the best thing that ever happened to Paul W. S. Anderson's career. Yeah. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening to Diminishing Returns, and if you'd like to support us further, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and you can also follow us on Facebook and or Twitter. Come back next week when we conclude our Alien season with Prometheus. Prometheus.